Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley. Joining me this week, as always, is the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian. Good to be back with you after a week off. Yes. Do you, you did a very exciting, eventful thing in the week off. Would you like to share? I, I did, yeah. I adopted a little kitty. Uh, her name's Tessie, after the... Uh, Dropkick Murphy's Red Sox song. Mm-hmm. Um, she's three and a half years old. She's very vocal, literally talks all the time, uh, which is very cute. Um, so yeah, she's great. Uh, big cat guy. That's mm-hmm. a huge character development for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be a big dog guy. Still like dogs, but uh, started hanging out with a lot of cats in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Kind of want one of those. And then kind of maybe want to have a dog even less because dogs... <laughs> Are like little kids, and cats are just like little fur things that walk around your house that you f- you feed every once in a while. So yeah, it's pretty easy. Cats are like roommates, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and of course, love dogs. You know, always yeah. love dogs. But yeah, my sister got uh, a cat in college, and then another one a couple years later, and they were around the house before she ended up moving out to her own place. So I love cats. I'm a cat guy as well. Preference over dogs, even. But yeah, congratulations! That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. It's been it's been very good. She's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have her outside the room, but maybe once in a while you'll you'll hear her. I got a bell on her, um, so I uh, will mostly be keeping her out just because I don't want the bell dingling in in the background. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's very sweet. Very nice. Well, when you were being very wonderful, adopting a cat. I watched Eternals again last week. <laughs> yeah, how'd that go? So, listen, I know when we had our conversation before, I was a bit more positive on it than you were. On a rewatch, though, I'm even more positive, I think. I really liked that movie. Yeah, I saw four out of five on Letterboxd from you. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's a four out of five. It's still, like, upper mid-range in my ranking, which just truly feels pointless at this point <laughs> when I look yeah. at that. No, you're right. But... No, I I really think that Chloe Zhao did a very good job telling an emotional story. And on a rewatch, I think you see that more. Uh, specifically, the stuff with Thena. I think Icarus has a very interesting perspective. Because I didn't really look at him as a villain this time around, knowing that that twist was coming. Uh, and yeah, my, my issue is still very much... I think you could have cut out the Bill Skarsgård CG thing and allowed the flashbacks to breathe a bit more. But by the end, I still think that you're able to get on board with the surviving characters, at least. And Gilgamesh also, I liked him, but he was killed. So, Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, I'm still not planning on rewatching it anytime soon, but mm-hmm. I think I mentioned to you, like maybe on like a rainy day where I'm like, you know what, haven't seen this movie in forever. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Um, I enjoy the cinematography look yeah, of the beautiful. movie. Yeah, totally. And um, it does feel different from a lot of the MCU stuff. So I do appreciate that uh, and the attempt at doing something different. Um, just the story didn't connect with me very much. Sure. felt bloated in a lot of instances. Yeah. Um, so I'll, th- that's something, something I'll revisit eventually. But yeah. Sure, yeah. And 
I'll also say this. Cersei and Icarus were very much like front and center. And it's a long movie, so everybody else gets a time to shine. But I think their relationship was the least interesting part for me, which I can understand being a disconnect just because that is kind of the main focus for the first half, essentially, just to get you on board with it. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to Star Fox and Harry Styles and Angelina Jolie teaming up in the future. So yeah, I think I think that's what a lot of people were really excited for after that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, we might have reason to be excited about this here Avengers game once again, Jack. Yeah, big news we can talk about finally. Yeah, substantial news week, details, things in the game right now, maybe a better idea of the future of the game, and we're going to hit all of it, of course. But first, Fury's report, let's kick it off. There's a couple things in the game right now. Not exciting. Uh, the first, Corrupted Vibranium is back, as we will discuss the events they're here to stay, but uh, Corrupted Vibranium is running until the 28th, and in that time, if you log in, half off on Hero Challenge cards, so have at it. Yeah, those are the two most boring things you could pair together, half off of Hero Challenge cards that most people probably ha- already have right now, and I think like one of the most boring events in Corrupted Vibranium. Just like smacking rocks. That's the event. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's it is what it is. We've had a red room takeover recently, and I think we also had the, uh, the tachyon anomaly event. So it makes sense. Corrupted vibranium is back in that rotation, but there's some new things in the game. If you got dollars to spend, uh, this year marketplace has two unique skins: one based off a comic, one based off the MCU. Out of the two, Jack, which one do you enjoy more? So, yeah, we have the Hulk one and the Thor one. Thor is the Thor um, Thor 1 movie MCU skin, mm-hmm. which I think looks accurate, looks good. Got the helmet. Um, yeah, got the helmet, which I appreciate in my Thor skins. And then the Hulk outfit was the Hulk strange but true outfit. Mm-hmm. And this is from The Incredible Hulk, Volume 1, number 371 from the 90s. I think this is a very striking one since it appears to be, like, black and white Hulk. But, like, very, like, the contrast of the blacks is, like, very high. And, like, the brightness of the whites is very high. So it it looks like a very, like, jump-off-the-page sort of appearance for the Hulk. So I think that this one kind of sticks out. Uh, compared to the Thor one. Yeah, because the Thor one, I'm with you. First off, Thor, Thor one, what a great film. But uh, we I, that look feels like it's in the game already, you know? Mm-hmm. Th- this Hulk thing is interesting because I was surprised they said it was from a comic, right? I thought it was like maybe some original thing because it reminds me of some distinct look we would have gotten out of the days where we had team sets every week, you know, like I could see everybody have this sort of photo negative looking cell shaded character model as an option in the future. And I wonder if they'll extend that to other characters, but uh, this one being based off a comic book did surprise me. And it does look striking. Like you said, looks like 
and you you give a, a good keyword here. This looks like the Mr. Negative mm-hmm. uh, skin from Spider-Man. Um, and also, this is 700 credits compared to a full 1400. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So those are your choices in the shop this week. You're going to have more choices in the future because we're getting a new hero thanks to a brand new update post, the April update on the Avengers website. We're going to detail all of it. There's a lot of text here, Jack. Yeah. (laughs) Would you like me to run through the 2.4 stuff and then we'll talk about 2.5? Yeah, sounds like a plan. Cool. Okay. Buckle up, everybody. 2.4, the next update, following up the rework to everything, the thing that added Nick Fury and broke the game on PS5. 2.4 is targeting a May release. Events like Cosmic Threat, Tachyon Anomaly, and Corrupted Vibranium helped build the backbone to Marvel's Avengers first year, allowing Crystal to add a variety of Avengers initiative and giving new, different goals to chase with your squad mates. As they've entered into a rotational calendar this year, we want to make sure they stay fresh and compelling for replays. So in Update 2.4, we'll be reworking systems behind those events with the goal of making them more rewarding. Combined with the improved game loop introduced in 2.3, we think these new rewards will make a meaningful change of pace for veteran players and a great way to gear up for new players. Uh, there are a number of components going into that rework, including first, make each event more unique and worth playing. We're improving and diversifying rewards across events and each event now rewarding gear from different sets. Adding unit rewards to a wider variety of event missions to provide even more ways to earn shipments and cosmetic vendor outfits. Adding higher pro, excuse me, higher power level gear rewards to meta objectives to create another path to gear up beyond the soft cap on drops for non-raid slash omega level threat content. And lastly, meta objectives will grant rewards to your entire eligible roster, not just a single hero, allowing you to gear up your squad while playing your favorite hero. Now, I believe when they say meta objectives, I think that is referring to like, hey, do this thing on your hero, on your account, and you'll get this thing out of it. I, I believe that's what a meta objective is in this game. I don't, because I've never seen that term used before. No, I've never seen that in game, but I think that sounds right. Yeah, so it could be wrong, but for the sake of conversation, I think that fits, and it would make sense that they're going to be continuing to iterate on the changes that, like, we as players see. Uh, returns on when we do our challenges so they've made it very clear that that's a priority for them as they've shown with some of these other points so i think that makes sense and lastly on 2.4 they mentioned the overall goal is to make events more compelling and reward mission and objective play they're going to do more blogs in the future as we approach the 2.4 update in may but jack what do you think of all this stuff uh not a very exciting update no uh in my opinion um i mean this is them doubling down on just reusing events Mm -hmm. which is not very exciting at all um and like it's good that they're like hey we're we're using the same events we've always been using we're just gonna make them we're gonna incentivize them more but i don't know if this really incentivizes me to jump in to an event that i've played a bunch of times already before yeah like i i don't know like the the, the carrot at the uh, of gear at the end of the stick 
of these events is not appealing because the gear is not appealing. Um, and that's a big problem with the game. So I, I guess having unit rewards is fine if I really want to grind those out, but I have like a billion, so it doesn't really matter for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's not something that is really all that tantalizing for me. And it's not the it's not the news I want to hear from Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, and I think it's unfortunate because looking at this and looking at previous things they've updated, right? Uh, like when they updated gear perks, I think around November, and changing some of the frequencies of gear drops for exotics and weekly rewards. All of those things that they talked about and all the things they implemented were like, hey. This is good. It's not really exciting, but the fact that this is being fixed or changed or made better means that the next thing you can do is building off that, right? Because I I do think with the way they worked or reworked gear with the perk system and um, the not transmog, but like um, being able to progress rather than just looking for better drops. Um, I'm forgetting the word on that, but you understand what I mean. Um, That, I think, makes the gear grind more palatable and rewards you for sticking with perks that you like. So because you have that option with gear now, if you find a role you really enjoy and you want to roll with it, then you're able to have that foundation be like, okay, people like gear now, at least more than they did before. So let's focus on making new ways to earn that gear. And that's not what this is. This is making the ways you earn that gear feel more rewarding in addition to getting gear. So I I think I'm with you. It's not that exciting. But in the back of my head, it's like, okay, well, if they're making the systems around the events better, that is future-proofing new events from having these problems, and maybe those could just be better events. But, like, on paper today, April 21st, it doesn't change the fact that these are kind of stale events, you know? Oh, yeah. And the last... Is the last new event... Uh, was that Corrupted Vibranium? I believe so. Spider-Man didn't come with like an in-game event, right? He, like he had his hero event, but not like a Ruskaya Protocols, Red Room Takeover, uh, Corrupted Vibranium thing. There was nothing for Spidey, right? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. And if there was, it would only be for, seemingly it'd only be for PlayStation, right? Yeah. So I think you're correct. The last time there was one of these like, not seasonal events, but like, hey, there's this mission type that's only in the game for this window. You're going to get these specific rewards out of it. And you have like your thematic challenge um, mission chains was Corrupted Vibranium. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like exciting news coming out of Marvel's Avengers is, hey, new events, new content, etc. This is just a different way to approach events and a different way to get players to think about events, which is fine. Like it's, it's a positive change for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just, you move the ball up a yard rather than a first down for this. Yeah. And I want to remember the tone of this conversation when we get to 2.5, right? Because 
like I'm with you. I think these are good changes. And again, like I said, when I've looked at every single major update they've done so far that didn't feel major at the time, it's like, hey, this is laying groundwork to improve the foundation to build something even better when you get around to it. So like, I think the problem here is what do we look forward to at this point? Near Nearing the two-year mark just in a few months, right? Like, if the last event we got was in August, that doesn't seem great for what these changes could be establishing as a new foundation for future stuff. If this is the priority, which again, I understand foundational stuff should take priority for a long-standing game like this, but we had this conversation recently how much of Crystal's even focused on this game right now? Because they got a bunch of projects lined up. So, with that being said, update 2.5 will be happening after 2.4. And reading back from the blog, uh, they're going to be detailing this further later on. But 2.5 is going to introduce a new playable hero for all platforms, Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor. They say, our hero designs are driven first and foremost by their core comic book identities, so as a fellow wielder of Mjolnir, her suite of abilities will have a lot in common with the Odin Sons. However, she will also have elements that are distinctly Jane. More details on how Jane will come to life in our game will be coming in the future. So, Jane Foster, the mysterious woman Echo character that was going to be added to this game, before the next original character has been revealed. Uh, you disappointed? You happy? What, what was your reaction to seeing that Jane Foster is the next character? Um, I think overall this is a positive announcement. I think with Thor Love and Thunder coming out and the new trailer we'll talk about showcasing Natalie Portman as the Mighty Thor. Um, seems like a good opportunity for brand synergy. And I really know nothing about Jane Foster as Thor, so I think this and that movie will be really interesting to come out probably similar timing um, and just sort of similar to what uh, Kate Bishop did, or this game did with Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, even though those uh, were timed like a year apart, um, and Ms. Marvel uh, and the new TV show. So I think uh, that'll be fun, and I'm interested to learn more about her. Um it is not really surprising since like a lot of these characters sort of leaked like She-Hulk and uh, I believe this is like a rumored Echo character so not too much of a surprise. It is somewhat of a bummer that like a lot of characters we're getting are Echoes um, but I think as you and I are sort of Thor mains it'll be cool to sort of test out another Thor. But um, I think my biggest question with this move is... Are we getting a Kate or Clint level hero story that will take like one to two hours? Or are we getting like a hero event like we've got with Spider-Man that was just basically the new character and then like a whole bunch of text uh, for the story? So bit confused with that, but I, I'm excited to, to test this out. Let me paint you a dream fantasy scenario. Okay. Jane Foster, as I don't know much about her run as Thor in the Jason Aaron comics, but like I, I know that 
like she has cancer and then she ha- somehow gets the uh the thor power as like not treatment but like it's something involving that right um so i imagine we're not doing like a whole origin of her um but in the dream world i think maybe she shows up on the helicarrier and she's like odinson we have an update on your brother and it's like, oh, Loki, last time I saw him, he was impersonating me. And then we go to Asgard, and then we have a new region, and we have a new boss, and it's all amazing. It looks wonderful. And then we all excuse the fact that it's just a Thor clone because we have a brand new area to explore. That's the dream that scenario. Sounds like a, that sounds like a full-blown expansion. Yeah, I know. That would be amazing, but I think that's very unlikely. Yeah, because, like, well, I mean, granted, it's just a forest, but, like, Norway had two missions, you know? So, like, right. who is to say? There's that thing up in Russia also, like, the underwater base for Black Widow that was used once. Um, maybe, maybe we get maybe we get just one, one room in Asgard. I don't know. Uh, the bridge, the Rainbow Bridge. That's oh, that'd it. be sweet. And you, you, you have to fly down it to yeah. get to the mission area? yeah. Um, what I think is likely is that it is going to be another hero event with some comic style cutscene transitions, animations, all that stuff, the way we got with Spider-Man. And that's going to be the norm, uh, aside from future expansions or expansion. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of torn because we're at the point where we haven't had a like hero drop with a story. I forget what they even call them. Um, we haven't had like a what was it? Operations. Yeah, we haven't had like a hero operation. Right, like a whole new operation since, um, I guess War for Wakanda. But that was you know obviously more of an expansion. Uh, but I guess like Hawkeye with Clint. Mm-hmm. So. The last thing we had was Spider-Man, and it seems like that is probably what we're going to get. I, I think tempering expectations is probably smart with this game at this point. Um, but I think if they come out with a whole new operation for uh, Jane Foster's Thor, I think that'd be awesome. Um, I'm kind of at the point now where this game is saying it without saying it, but these are the sorts of updates we're going to get from now on. Like a roadmap seems like completely out of the question at this point yeah and these are just the, the type of updates we're going to be getting yeah which is unfortunate um however i think the game still has some juice in it we'll see how the summer goes right uh we'll see the scope of jane foster like you said probably best to temper expectations but uh even if whatever like if it's a small thing reusing the norway stuff and adding in one new boss i think that would also still be like small enough that it's not the scale of something impossible at the state of the game right now but uh make it feel a bit closer to like uh hawkeye's thing not a new area but an underused area with the new reasons to be there that could be nice too um yeah and a new villain sector seems like a a must for this there's that big loki cliffhanger it's it's still there yeah you would think they would 
presumably pick up on that. Yeah, dude. From, with this. When I read the prequel comic, when we started the show up again, and Loki was in that, I was like, okay, that's going to be build up to an Asgard expansion. And yeah, we know what the game is now. But it's just a shred, just a small thing, you know? I Yeah. I could even see a world where it's not even Loki as a character model. It's just him being Thor. So it's another Thor, but he acts like Loki. I don't know. Like, I could see them do that. And any shred of closure for that thing before this game ends. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. So... Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about if this is the right move. Uh, obviously, on the PlayStation side, it's not the biggest deal that we're getting another Echo because we had two original characters recently. Uh, for everybody else, the last time we had a new character was last August, and before that, it was just two archers. So I can hear maybe the PC and Xbox crowd being a bit let down that the next character is Mjolnir 2, but... Yeah, I, I think odds are there's another character this year, so don't don't maybe not write it off just yet. But yeah, I, I think there is potential for Jane to be fun. I know that might not mean much coming from somebody who loves playing as Thor and just has another reason to grind that again in the summer. But yeah, are are you on the? This is a good move. This is a bad move thing. I know you said you're interested in seeing your kit and the differences and how they frame it, but for the state of the game, do you think this is the right call? Um, I mean, I think it's good, but it's going to be one of those things where people play it over a weekend, and like if some people will choose to do the fifty-one fifty with her, and some will just be like, "All right, that was fun for two hours, and then that's it." Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll probably be in that camp. I'll just play the story if there is a story. Be like, "That was fun," and then just turn it off. I haven't played since. I tried the 2.3 patch that kept turning my game off. So I was like, I don't want this to corrupt any save data or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I will probably wait to hop in until 2.4 is out at least because I I wanted to check out 2.3. I never did. I claimed the Iron Man skin and then I just narrowly got past deleting the game off my hard drive. So (laughs) true. Need that space, but that's it for the Avengers updates right now. Hopefully we'll have more to share, uh, from crystals blog next week. We'll see what's in store for Marvel's Avengers as we approach the 2.4 drop. But meanwhile, got some interesting things going on. The first thing I want to shout out, uh, I, I could have had a killer transition here, but for the sake of transitioning later, we're going to pause on the Thor talk. Morbius is failing at the box office. Are you surprised? Uh, no, I didn't think it'd be this bad, but wasn't it like a 75% drop between week one and week two? Yeah, it's, it's not looking great. We had a holiday weekend between this recording and the last time we talked and morbius i don't know where it placed on that weekend but there was a new film that came out being the secrets of dumbledore the new harry potter world movie uh which also 
both that and Morbius lost to Sonic 2 for the holiday weekend. So Sonic, a movie that's almost a month old, shot all the way back up to number one, beating a debut of a Harry Potter movie and a Marvel film. Yeah. Goes to show you where Harry Potter fans are at this point. Like, I loved Harry Potter growing up. Of course, there's been just so much uh, conversation about what's going on with uh, J.K. Rowling and things like that. Um, so I've just kind of fallen off that. And I was like, oh, I completely forgot there's a new Fantastic Beast movie. And I have really no motivation to go see it. Mm-hmm. And if I do see it, I'll just wait for it to be on HBO Max in like a couple months. Yeah. So Morbius. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say right now. Not, I don't want to say like you had Honestly, a good run. Good. <laughs> good yeah. i'm glad it's failing we don't need these movies yeah. did you see that interview with uh tyrese gibson from the fast franchise uh saying that he's gonna be in morbius 2 uh no was it i know there are people signed on for like a sequel i don't it could have been him i don't know if i saw the, the exact quote yeah I, I oh boy i i will be stunned i will see it opening night if this is morbius 2 i'm never gonna watch the first movie but if his second movie happens i will be there day zero. <laughs> oh boy yeah it's it's not a it's not a thing i want to turn into a franchise no no or affect the mcu which it already has yeah. which is wonderful they can't all be venom you know in this case no they can't they can be worse oh boy well marvel cinematic universe news thor love and thunder the trailer has finally arrived uh it hit a couple days ago as a recording got a poster alongside it it is now or within the first 24 hours it hit 209 million views which seems like a record i didn't look into it but oh boy that's a lot yeah that's a ton yeah, what do you think of the trailer? Loved it. Loved this trailer. Uh, first of all, glad uh, all the people on Twitter can stop whining about it not releasing. Uh, that was really annoying. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but secondly, yeah, I just really loved this trailer. Um, I'm a big teaser trailer guy. Like, this is kind of the only trailer I want for this movie. Um, it said everything it needed to say without showing too much. I thought the music choice was fantastic. This feels very much like a Taika Waititi movie. And uh, pitching this as sort of seemingly Chris Hemsworth last time as this character and maybe uh, passing the Thor mantle on to Natalie Portman's Mighty Thor. I think this is a really great shot of being a one of the better Thor movies, if not the best one. I really love Ragnarok, but mm. um, I think the story for this one sounds more interesting to me and tonally hopefully this is a little i like the lightheartedness of ragnarok but this seems slightly more serious um which i appreciate so yeah love the the trailer what about you yeah i obviously enjoyed it uh i'm a fan of ragnarok also but uh i i i am one of the weird people that does like the older self-serious thor and i think what they showcased in the trailer with him uh, sort of addressing where he ended up in Endgame. Like, Endgame and Infinity War Thor, I think, 
it, it seems like it's a very split sided argument in the fandom of like if you love it or if you hate it um and i i think the reason thor is the way he is in the last two avengers movies is due to all the stuff that he, they built up and ragnarok addresses from the earlier thor movies right and i think ragnarok is awesome it's so good but the the worst part about it is the fact that like it feels like it's two different tones and I think now being able to pick up with Thor at the end of Endgame, watch him deal with all the, the presumably in like a montage or something like dealing with the trauma of where he ended up in Endgame and having his swan song and retirement movie. Uh, I, I think that could be a really enjoyable thing. And I think probably be Better than Ragnarok if they nail it, honestly, because it's not going to be bogged down with Hela. <laughs> so right, yeah, and and I think the inclusion of the Guardians oh, is yeah. really awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, picking up where they left off with the back and forth they had going in those movies um, is really exciting, and yeah, hype to see them again. This is essentially like I think you mentioned it recently. Like the Guardians keep getting like these side sequels in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome to just see them come back and forth, like bef- before they even get like a full blown Guardians three, uh, or even the holiday special. So mm. that'll be fun too. Yeah, I, I think you're on the same page with me. I imagine they're only in the first like twenty minutes at most, right? Yeah, I I I don't know. I think they'll be obviously the focus will be on Thor and Jane Foster. Um, I could see them being like a supporting cast i'm I'm trying to compare it to like ragnarok what who do we have in ragnarok that was like on their level i guess they could be like similar to um maybe to a lesser extent of valkyrie in a sense Mm -hmm. um that sort of a relationship as a collective um i don't know i i guess that makes sense like it seems like Thor's with them at the beginning of the movie and then goes on a different path. So, but yeah, I, w- I don't think they'll be like a main focus. Yeah, I, I think they'll like, you'll feel the influence of them on his character arc by the end of the movie, but I, I don't imagine them like leaving the first act. Uh, they're probably going to run off to set up some other Marvel project, be like, hey, we got to go meet this person and then we meet that person in the holiday special. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it was great to see them. I love the Guardians, and I, I think this is probably the last opportunity we have to see them in a fun way because of the holiday special. Holidays are an emotional time. It's probably going to be sad. Uh, and then, of course, Volume 3. I'm preparing for all of them to die, so that's just going to be sad too. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited to see them pair up with Thor again for a while. Yeah, me too. Um I think if they totally do the this is Thor's like retirement movie and he's like passing the torch, I think that'd be awesome. Um, be a really great way to close out. This is the fourth Thor movie. I had to think about that. Yeah. Like, have we gotten a fourth project for a character yet? Like, is this the first fourth movie? I think this is the first four. Yeah. Because. Yeah. The only one that's lined up next would be Captain America and Spider-Man. 
So right, yeah. So that's interesting to me. Um, the, clearly, the character's been around for a really long time. Like one of the one of the characters that remains right now that is like one of the originals, uh, longest standing characters in the MCU. So cool that he's getting a, a send off. Yeah, and the trailer is also full of a bunch of stuff that's probably setting up future things. Like uh, they show Valkyrie as king of asgard doing administrative stuff i imagine that she's still gonna stick around if thor retires um there's also the introduction of the greek pantheon in the trailer we get to see a shot of zeus who is played by russell crowe i didn't know that oh that's awesome i didn't know that either yeah um and people are thinking that that's gonna set up hercules who i think was in the um original civil war comic right it was like hercules died and thor got revenge or vice versa i forget yeah that sounds right yeah it's been a while so of course it would not be an mcu project if it was not setting up a million things but we also did not see christian bale who i continue to forget is in this film yeah he's the main villain yeah that's really surprising yeah but honestly like I'm at the point where I like don't really want to see too much of this movie. It comes out in July, which is like coming up very quickly mm-hmm. in like three months uh, or whatever. So this is kind of really all I want to see. And I'm, I might even try to not see any other trailers. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, of course, there's going to be surprises in the movie that they're going to be using the marketing that we will be unable to avoid. But I would be cool if I didn't hear a word of Gore the God Butcher until I sit in theaters, I've unfortunately seen action figures of him and he looks <laughs> stupid, but... Yeah, <laughs> likewise. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Christian Bale ham it up, though. I, I hope he goes to 11. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale's awesome. Love him a lot. Him being in the MCU makes me laugh because it doesn't seem like that's his thing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that'll be really interesting to see. For sure. Well... We still got a Doctor Strange movie to get to before that, so we will keep our eyes out for whatever happens next, be it another Doctor Strange story or some Thor stuff. Uh, Thor and Doctor Strange had a little bit of a team-up. You think we get to see any hints or teases in either of these two projects? They're also back-to-back. Like, uh, Ragnarok wasn't close to or Doctor Strange, so... Like, do you think, you, are you saying, um, are we going to see, like, Thor and Doctor Strange? Maybe? Or, like, maybe it's a post-credit thing? Like, they, I don't know. Yeah, I, mm, it's possible. But I feel like with the proximity, I don't know. I feel like with the proximity they would do, Doctor Strange would be teeing up something that's a little more distant. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I keep forgetting that that movie is two weeks away. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Also, that's coming up. Oh man, I, Loki is alive, <laughs> and, mm. and we got a multiverse movie, and then a Thor movie. Loki's probably showing up in the next two months, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really wonder how they deal with Loki in the. Do you think he even shows up in the in Thor? I mean, if I don't if, even know where he ends up, like yeah. at the end of Loki. If, like, Chris Hemsworth is hanging up the hammer, you'd imagine maybe get one more scene with Loki. But, like, they kind of had their... 
their moment together in Infinity War when Loki died. So, like, maybe they just want to leave it there. But it would feel weird if we have Loki alive and well out in the world and clearly, like, rapidly becoming a better person as 2012 Loki in the show. Like, not being able to reconcile with Thor for his character. Like, I don't know. It's a lot, man. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. I would be fine if, like what you said, they already had their send-off. Yeah. Um, And I'd be fine with that. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, If you want to spend some money before you buy your tickets for Thor, though, you can do so by loading up Fortnite and get Moon Knight in the shop right now. That's 1,500 V-Bucks, I believe. That is 15 U.S. dollars. You doing this? Well, here's the thing. I have 850 V-Bucks right now in my account. Oh, wow. Because I I did buy the last pass to get to Spider-Man, and Spider-Man was level 100. So I did max out the V-Bucks returns on the pass. And I also forgot to cancel Fortnite crew, so they gave me more (laughs) V-Bucks. There you go. Uh but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it looks great. Did you get a chance to see the skin? Yeah, I think Moon Knight's co- costume is pretty sweet, and I think the Fortnite skin looks equally sweet. Yeah, and I believe they allow you to have the two styles of Moon Knight and Mister Knight with just the purchase. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm I'm probably not gonna buy it. I'm I'm yeah. holding out for. I don't know what I'm holding out for at this point, but <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's been years since I've played Fortnite. Really? But I, yeah, I loved it. The last time I played it was um, in 2020, I think, when they did the Marvel event. Was that in 2020? Oh, that's a good question. I think the, the Galactus so. event. Either 2020 or early 2021. Yeah, that's the last time I I played. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I think you should try out the no build mode because it's quite Ooh. quite good. That on honestly, I think that would be a great way of getting back into it mm-hmm. because as soon as I get in, I was like a decent builder, but I'm seeing these people construct cities in minutes, and I'm like, nope. All right. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I think it's good. And there's also rumors and rumblings of another Marvel season, maybe this summer, and uh, Doctor Strange is in the Battle Pass right now. I know you missed out on Spidey, but the Tom Holland suit pops up in the shop here or there. So, yeah. I I know it's a meme, but I think Fortnite's truly a good game. So, if you're listening... No, Fortnite's, Fortnite's awesome. Yeah. If you're a fan of Marvel, if you want to play games Moon Knight, check it out. 15 bucks and a free download. There you go. Yeah. But Jack, speaking of Moon Knight, we got two episodes to touch on this week. We got episode three from last week and episode four. Uh, We don't really have to do spoiler free for episode three. So diving deep into it. I think this one, based off what I saw online, was a bit divisive. But I enjoyed it. I really liked episode three. How did you feel? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'll say overall the show isn't really hitting for me at the highest level, but I enjoyed episode three more than episode two. Um, I think one and three were my favorites at the time. Um, I enjoyed the 
starting like action with um mark and the uh three men that he was fighting mm-hmm. and like running through the streets and all that i thought that was really exciting the turning back the time stuff was really cool i think the cinematography of like and like the lighting uh of i think the boat ride with mark and layla was really beautiful honestly and i mm-hmm. really enjoyed watching that i thought the end fight scene was really cool um yeah there, i thought there was a lot to like about episode three um and i enjoyed it a lot Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing I loved was they called back to the technique they used in episode one that I was a massive fan of, of the audience like perceiving what the dominant uh, personality of the episode perceives, right? Because episode three is mainly focused on Mark in the driver's seat. And there are a couple moments where Steven takes over and similar to how in episode one when it was the steven show and mark took over it skipped ahead to when steven regained control for the audience because that's who we were following they did that again here um in kind of a funny way where they used it to um have that combat encounter you're talking about end and then sort of turn back into sort of a comical sort of situation being like hey actually i I know I said that, but I, I'm going to beat you up again. <laughs> uh, so that I thought that was a, a fun return to a technique that I really liked in episode one. Yeah, and setting up uh, another personality, seemingly, mm-hmm. um, was another like thread that I enjoyed. Because I think they sat on it long enough for the audience to be like, oh, there's two personalities that were cycling between, but then them then uh mark waking up be like steven what was that like you just murdered these guys he's like that wasn't me mm-hmm. mark's like that wasn't me either and like that's kind of where we leave it off um and we still don't really know the fruits of that yet mm-hmm. so that is something i think in the next couple of episodes that could be really interesting to be like whoa who who are we dealing with now mm-hmm. um seems like the more brutal uh or the most brutal of the three so that's really i thought that was one of the most interesting things uh, the show has brought up so far. Yeah, and I think it was also interesting seeing um, that sort of, like, the idea that there's a third personality, right? Um, I saw some people go thinking that it was Conchu because later in the episode we do get the moment where Conchu does assume control, at least over the voice of uh, Mark and Steven in that sort of courtroom scene uh of course it, it's not you know but i did see people be like oh what if it was that i i don't think they're gonna throw a swerve being like oh actually conchie can control him because i'm sure he would be doing it the whole time if he could yeah um uh, and that's that's another thing i really enjoyed the courtroom scene mm-hmm. um and i like the sort of conchie in that moment like being able to control the voice of mark or steven uh and like him just being on trial i think was really interesting um and country like messing with the sky to assemble all of those mm-hmm. gods i thought was cool it's a cool another cool layer of the mcu being like yeah we have like galactic level things and we also have like uh <laughs> egyptian gods and things like that i and like the underworld uh, will be introduced at some point or another so that is really interesting to me and i like having those little offshoots in the mcu 
Yeah, and I, I also think it's funny that Conchu, who's this character who initially was presented as like terrifying, right? And still is kind of a, I guess, a creepy design, right? Like it's a bird skull that's like 10 feet tall. Um, seeing him play off of the other gods is fun because everybody's just kind of like, yeah, this is like our fucking weird cousin. He's like always pulling this shit and we have to like talk to him about it now. Like that kind of relationship and dynamic between all of them, I think was, uh, I, I guess refreshing and just a new perspective on his character. Right. Because I, I think that that's a benefit you get out of a TV show, right. Where we have a, an understanding of everything as we'll see when we talk about episode four, uh, specifically in relation to Conchu though, like giving us a new way to look at him. So maybe by the end of this show, if Mark is like, Hey, uh, I'm still going to keep doing this. Like they're on better terms and we don't look at Conchu as an antagonist. Cause I think that's the point they have to get to, you know? Yeah. But was there anything else for episode three that stood out to you? I really only remember a lot of the action sequences and Conchu being locked up really. Yeah, it was more of, of an action-focused... Um, well, I, I say that, but there was a decent amount of action, but uh, there was also the courtroom scene, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I also really enjoyed visually turning back this guy at the end of the episode. Yeah. I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a pretty good episode. For sure. Episode four rolls around, and uh, as typical Marvel fashion, we got some twists going on here. Uh, I don't think there's a spoiler-free way to talk about it other than good or not good. What do you think, Jack? Um, I don't know. I'm a bit confused about where we leave off this episode. First of all, I think I'm on the complete opposite spectrum of where the internet found itself. I also think the internet's being very hyperbolic about this episode. Um, like, I think it was fine. I think people were freaking out about this. Um, but yeah, at the very end, we get uh mark and steven in like the sort of uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest situation um in like this seemingly like mental institute but it's after uh mark or steven was shot so it to me i'm like this is kind of an extended dream sequence yeah um and we get the hippo at the end so like i don't really even know what's going on so it's hard for me to even render a judgment but i don't know it kind of just seems like an extended dream sequence and I feel like yeah. that's what it's going to end up being. So I don't know. I am I was kind of just at the end of the episode, I wasn't really excited by what was happening. I was more so confused. So I don't really know how I feel. What about you? There's a world where I love this episode, but it entirely depends on what is actually going on. And yeah, like I, I say that because I don't think Marvel will commit to this being the real world, and this is what's really happening, and everything else so far has been a fabrication. Like, if they committed to that, I would love this and everything that they throw at you. But is that what people think? Like, do people think this that was this is real? I think that's maybe the dominant theory online because I, I, I did see somebody be like what if it's just a dream that wouldn't be as fun and i'm like you're right but why are you acting like that's a very minimal chance of happening honestly 
that's very surprising to me. And I think you're right. If it ends up being like this was the reality all along and that was just in their head, that would be pretty incredible. And I think that would make this show stand out. I do not think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to be a very boring, that was a dream sequence because he got shot. Yeah, and that's the thing that has me split, right? Because everything else we cover in this episode, I think, is still continuing the plot. It's like, hey, this is really enjoyable. I'm liking the performance of Oscar Isaac and everything we got going on. But I I think it's the, it's the thing that I said to you when we started going into Moon Knight. Like, I want this show to lean into being a television show. And if you have that reveal and then f- continue to develop that in the next episode, because that's actually a twist and not a fake out, I think that makes a good limited series, you know, Be- yeah. like just because they have you on this roller coaster and it's not just like, a, oh, I'm continuing to watch a movie. So, yeah, I don't know. I think... Um... I think that'd be great. I really think what's going to happen in episode... We have two episodes left, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I think what's going to happen in episode five is, like, they're going to try and find a way out of whatever, like, this mental institution is. But, like, that will more so be for the the audience to understand that, like, Mark or Steven is, like, trying to... Are are trying to, like, physically recover from the gunshot wound Mm -hmm. that they suffered. And that will just be more of like a visual explanation of what's happening in reality. Like, I don't think where we find ourselves is like the new reality. I I was really confused by everyone's reaction um, being so positive. And I I think it makes more sense if people think that is the case. And I have a, I'm, I'm very doubtful that, this is like the actual, re- like they actually go there, like what you said. I, I'm not really sure that's going to be the case. Yeah, because like if it is the case, I, I think that makes Moon Knight like step up and like I really love what they're doing with it. And I'm not going to write it off as there's no chance that it's the case because I, I do think there's a chance that we could just continue and roll with this and then have a resolution based off of where we actually are. But this is the Marvel act two villain wins hard and then you got to overcome it and then you just end up winning in the last 20 minutes you know like that's sort of it makes too much sense for where we are right now for this not to be that right yeah and i think uh to your point of this feeling like a extended movie which it very much does um i think this being like the dream sequence that they sort of cut off in the middle of it, only to pick up in, an, in another episode just feels really messy, yeah. if, if that ends up being the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of walked away from this episode being very confused at the end. Uh, I thought it was, like, visually interesting. Um, and I think having questions at the end of an episode is, is good TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't see this ending very well story-wise. I think this will just be like, wow, that was weird. On to the big battle at the end of the sixth episode. Yeah, that that's my worry right now. So I, I still think as an episode, though, it's good. It just depends on the added context, if I love it or think it's fine, I think. so. Yeah, I walked away from this episode being like, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly think the ending of it kind of 
soured it a little bit in my mouth. And there was there were parts of the episode that I felt like I had seen a thousand times before in other media, like the relationship of Mark and Layla being, um, him being like involved in her father's death, and like that was the reason they met in the first place. I feel like I've seen that in a thousand different ways. Um, it, it just felt very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I would not say the show is generic, but there are a lot of elements in this show and other Disney Plus shows where I'm like, this feels like I've seen this before. Uh, and that was one of those instances. For sure. Uh, I, I'm wondering if it's time to start talking about theories on how this wraps up. Like, typically it would be episode four. It's like, we got two left. What do you think is going to happen? But like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and I, it's not that I don't know in a fun way. It's like I don't know, and I'm worried because I think I really think this show could be great, depending on the, the next two episodes. But it's it also could just be like that was that was solid. That was fine. Yeah, I think episode five probably is them working with the hippo to get out of here yep um mentally and then i think that episode ends with the third personality awakening mm-hmm. and then being like oh no we are not in the driver's seat um i think like that it's a possibility that where they find themselves is like where they end mm, i was gonna say like where they end up when they're not in control of the body but i they would be familiar with that mm-hmm. location probably um but they're probably in that sort of similar place plane of existence so i do think like the third personality will start to take over by the end of episode five and then episode six will be them trying to regain control maybe like i think the third personality will be probably like antagonistic because they don't know um what their deal is yeah like so i i think that's probably what's gonna end up being yeah now that you say that uh I think you cracked it. I, I think it, I don't think it's a dream. I don't think it's reality. I think third person is in control fully now. And like, this is how these two deal with it for the rest of the time. Because like, I know you're saying like, maybe if that was the case, they'd recognize it. Maybe third personality got full control, like period. And that's how we leave off the show. Maybe that's it. I, I think that would also, depending on how they handle it, be cool and a good ending. But uh, based off the rules they've set up so far and the fact that we still have that mystery reveal and every personality has gotten in an episode, uh, yeah, that's probably the likeliest outcome. A lot of me thinks that the show will end like on a happy note, which does not make me happy (laughs) like i don't know i feel like mark and steven will be like yeah we got a good thing going on and uh you know i guess we sort of warded off the third personality for now maybe he'll come back at some point or another um but let's just keep doing the thing that we've been doing and Kanchu, you're not you're not all that bad and layla well i guess we'll figure our stuff out like that's what i think is gonna happen um like just the precedent of disney plus shows so far Except maybe except for the well, I guess Loki and WandaVision ended on like poor notes, um, in terms of like like for the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that wouldn't be a precedent. But I, I don't know. I I have a hard time. I kind of feel like since this is like an origin story in a lot of ways, 
I don't know if they can fully go there yet with this character. Uh, alternative, if this is the origin story and they need to set up another, not maybe not season, but like another Moon Knight story, if we leave off with the, the evil personality in control as Moon Knight, the next season could be about getting control back. I don't know. Like it, it just, that's what Marvel always does at this point. There's going to be a post credit scene that teases up with the next project. And uh, like, look at WandaVision, right? Cause you, you say that as an example of one of the shows that does sort of leave off on a sour note for the character, but post credits of WandaVision, she's just chilling in the mountains, yeah. like making tea, reading a book. That's relaxing, you know, and it's teasing up the next project she's in. So I, I think I think they could have best of both. I think we could hopefully end off on a bad note for the state of the character and then uh, tee up like, hey, but there's a shot they can fix it in the post credits. So Yeah. Um I hope Moon Knight gets his own movie. Me too. I'm kinda done with the whole Disney plus Marvel thing <laughs> at this point. Oh, man. They just for the most part, except for Loki and WandaVision for me, they're just kind of fall flat. And they're like, that's that was fine. That was kind of middle of the road. I Like, I enjoy them at points a mm-hmm. lot. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier at points I enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... They, they feel all the same. For They feel like they... I, I know a lot of people say that about MCU stuff in general, but I think the Disney Plus shows feel very similar. Yeah. And back in the original run of the show, you and I talked about the Marvel formula a lot, right? And just how people use that typically as a criticism. But, like, it's something that works, and I think that they do enough with the films to diversify them amongst each other that it's, like, it's a proven success and it works and we all enjoy it. I think the problem is that they're using that same formula across six hours every week, you know? Like, that's the thing that makes it harder to stomach because I think also from a fan side, right? Like, growing up with the MCU, two or three projects a year, there's always a lot of hypothesizing, discussion, really fun theories and conversations you can have with people and when WandaVision hit, I think there was that element of it. It's like, hey, what's going to happen next week? There's some really cool things we could explore with this story they're telling. And that extended, I think, to Falcon, because we all wanted to know who the mystery person was that I forget the name. Um, and then with Loki also, because it was the question of, is this going to break the multiverse? Is this going to be everything that happens? But like now... I I feel like having seen the results of those conversations, I don't even bother speculating for Moon Knight because like odds are whoever's speculating is wrong and we're going to know in six or seven days. So like why bother? You know, I, I feel like that's another element of the Marvel fandom that I really enjoyed that feels kind of, uh, maybe not dead to me at this point because we still got like multiverse theories and Thor we were talking about, but yeah, it just, oof. It's not fatigue, but it's, uh, it's, it's just a lot, I think. Yeah, I think 
WandaVision and Loki use the TV format very well. Mm-hmm. And I do also think Falcon and the Winter Soldier did at points, even though that definitely felt like a split-up movie yeah. in a lot of instances. I do think, like, they were, with that show, they were good about, like, ending each episode on a, like, where do we go from here note across all three of those shows. Uh, but I think with this show, Hawkeye especially, it's just, just feels like a big old movie. And I, I they don't use the format very well for Disney+. Plus. Uh, like, I'm thinking of The Mandalorian. Those episodes feel so distinct from mm-hmm. one another. Yep. Um, in a way that the Marvel Disney Plus shows, for the most part, do not. Like, I think after all is said and done, like, I can't really think about, like, what episode three of Hawkeye was versus, like, what episode five was. Um, and same thing with this one, probably, at, at the end of its its run. So, yeah, I think that's a bit of a problem since like this is kind of like the Disney Plus experiment with Marvel shows and I don't think it's been hitting on all cylinders quite yet. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think we're alone in this. I, I I was talking to Kayla about it too and she's a huge Marvel fan and she was like, I it's getting to be a bit too much. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's it's a shame because they're I think these things are made well, right? Like I'm enjoying watching Moon Knight every week. It's just I, Moon Knight, I'm waiting to pass judgment on until it's done because I do think that whatever's going on could be it's really good as a show or it feels like a long movie once we see the whole picture. But like, if you look at Falcon, which I agree with you, I think they're, they've leaned into TV elements at times really well. If you look at Falcon, if you look at even Loki, I'd say, and Hawkeye, would any of those projects and the story we tell in them and the takeaways of it be worse if they were movies? Because I don't think they would be. No, definitely not. Yeah, like WandaVision I think would be lesser if it was a film. Oh, Uh, yeah. Loki, I hear you. I think I'm still more on the side of like, it just, it feels like there was a lot of filler that we could have just cut down to be a movie. And here, I think with the twists we're doing and the peeling back of things, it could all come together in a way that I look at it... uh, as more than just a split up movie, but yeah, man, it's unfortunate. And I'm maybe star Wars has the advantage of having all the animated shows, but I'm really surprised that it's such a stark difference in terms of the way they're dished out. Yeah. I'm at the point now where like for Ms. Marvel, I'm going to be like, this will be fine. (laughs) Like I, I, that's kind of where my head's at. And like with any Disney plus show now, I'm like, yeah, this will be fine. Can't wait for the movie. Like, Doctor Strange, I'm very excited for because that'll be like a great two, two plus hour movie mm-hmm. um, that I know nothing about right now, which is really exciting. And the same with Thor, like those will be like really compared to these shows, like very concise uh, piece of entertainment that is like very focused. And I don't know, these seem like they're just really bloated shows that I have to come back to every once in a while and some sometimes... Week per week, they're good. Sometimes week per week, it's just like, all right, you should have just put this all up. Yeah, I think another thing that might have made the uh, my viewpoint on it a bit more critical is doing the Daredevil rewatch, right? Because Daredevil, while I do think you could have trimmed the episode count for those seasons, I think it uses episode format well 
in being a TV show because it's written as a TV show, it's presented as a TV show. But at the time, at least, and I think even rewatching it, it did feel like it could fit in the MCU with Iron Man and everybody. So, like, is there's a proven track record of Marvel live action working as television. So, this weird in between, I think, just makes it unfortunate because I I really love the concepts they're experimenting with in Moon Knight and some of the episodes so far. But yeah, I just hope they stick the landing with it because. Again, if you ask anybody online, most of the shows have a hard time sticking the landing. So we'll see. Yeah, and I I kind of expect that at this point. Like episode six, I'm sure that's going to have a lot of issues. Like every finale has art has had for uh, the Disney Plus shows. So yep. Well, I, I would also at some point. Maybe when there's a lull, who knows when that's going to be, but maybe have a conversation about uh, just the general, like, not like a superhero fatigue discussion, because I do I do think that's dumb and that's pointless and that's not true based off of all the genre stuff they do. But, like, when does it become like the comics where you're not expected to read everything, you know? Mm, yeah. Because I think we're approaching that pretty quickly right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're right about there. Yeah. So that will be an interesting discussion, maybe at the end of this year, because we're going to have, what, what, this 10 projects this year? Nine? Something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. It was nine last year, I believe. Okay. Yeah, end of this year, we'll reconvene. We'll talk about <laughs> moving into the new year. Is it time to cut your subscription to some of these comic runs? Are you going to keep watching some of them? Are you going to follow along this character? Oh, I don't like this author they have on Spider-Man, so I'm out. You know, like... That's a conversation that happens all the time in the comic community, and I think with all these shows. The same thing happened with the CW DC stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Obviously a, a gap in quality, but mm-hmm. you got to pace yourself. But until then, we got another episode of Moon Knight next week and hopefully some more Avengers news. But where can the Agents of Excelsior find you in the meantime, Jack? Yeah, you can find me on twitter at fascinated jack what about you christian you can find me on twitter and tiktok at chun2d2 as well as youtube.com slash joyclicks for the video version of excelsior alongside a couple gaming related videos that go up here or there if you want the audio version of excelsior just look up excelsior joyclicks marvel's avengers podcast on your favorite podcast service and you will find us uh, leaving a rating and review takes a very quick second and is free to do and helps the show out a ton if you enjoy it. And if you want to support the show on a monetary level, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the one and five dollar tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on every show we produce like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And that is it for another Excelsior. We will be back next week. Until then, Excelsior. Excelsior.